Okay, guys, let's get into starting off with the offensive line. Clearly, we've talked about this, and our listeners have read, this could be the biggest question mark for Clemson, both offensively and just as a team in general this year. Um, So with this preview, let's start with, look back at the 2014 unit, see how they were, and just talking about who's moved on. Um, Overall, it looks like we're losing four starters from last year. Um, To go through the list, Kalon Davis, probably the most talented in the group, David Beasley, Reed Webster, and then Isaiah Battle uh, will be moving on. This group um, was very serviceable from a pass protection standpoint, buying Deshaun Watson and Cole Stout and once in a while Nick Schusler um, at least enough time to go through their progressions and connect connect um, with wide receivers. Uh, but it doesn't you know, strike me that they were definitely very effective in the running game. Uh, but we've definitely lost that experience and continuity of having those guys playing together for a number of years. So we are hitting the reset button a little bit with this group coming into this year. We were expecting to have uh, left, senior left tackle Isaiah Battle back. Uh, but he, as everybody knows, opted into the NFL's supplemental draft in June and was selected by the St. Louis Rams. So he will not be suiting up for Clemson this season. This really translates into us just being really thin on experience coming into the year. I think we've reloaded at certain positions that we'll talk about here. So we're not thin on raw talent as much. I just think it leaves you know very little margin of error um, for guys taking longer to develop, uh, the unit itself gelling, as well as if there are any injuries, kind of exposes us quite a bit. Um, so Cody, knowing who we've lost, knowing kind of the production that we had before, and you're probably most in tune with our incoming talent from freshman standpoint, where are we with this, this line? Who do you see starting? Can you talk us through um, our starters? Yeah, I think you hit on it because we, we traded off of a lot of serviceable, not necessarily talented guys. Um, Kalon Davis, was he was very productive, and Isaiah Battle was certainly talented, but not um, as a whole, guys that just are that serviceable. Um, what, we, what we traded off, though, is for inexperienced guys that, with a, you know, an infusion of young talent and a chance for a brighter tomorrow from an offensive line perspective. Uh, Mitch Hyatt is probably the most notable out of all of those. He's a left tackle. A former five-star from Georgia, um, just a, a tremendous talent who, with the departure of Isaiah Battle, will now be plugged into that left tackle. You know, the the, the chief guy or the key guy protecting uh, Deshaun Watson's uh, blindside. So um, he's got the um, he's got the talent, the raw talent. Don't not sure if he's quite there from a um, I guess a experience standpoint. Good news, he'll be facing Shaq Lawson and Richard Yergin every day in practice. So he's gonna get he's gonna get some good looks at what a talented uh, defensive end coming at you looks like. Um, beyond him, though, uh, uh, we definitely have some some question marks in terms of depth. We do have seniors. We have Ryan Norton, who is a two year starter at center. We have Eric McLean, who's who's experienced at both tackle and guard. Um, we have Tyron Crowder, who's who's maybe um, a very bright spot at right guard to give um, to give us that push from the running game. And then we have Joe Gore, who is a five, fifth-year senior at right tackle, who um, who is very, very talented, just has never been able to put it together. Dating back to last year, he looked really good coming into the season, ended up having that appendectomy, and uh, and that kind of derailed uh, his his progression. They're really hoping that's what it was. Yeah. Because, they, I mean, they see a, a high upside and a lot of potential in them, but and so they're really hoping that appendectomy was what kind of – threw him off track last year and then the potential they see with him coming into this year is actually going to be he's going to come to fruition you know they're going to he's going to fulfill that exactly and 
yeah, you hope that's what it was because he, he was apparently looking like NFL caliber yeah. um, play at the beginning of fall camp last year, and they really liked what they had, and then all of a sudden he just he lost it. And there has been there have been issues uh, like the LSU game. Uh, he got plugged in kind of in a. Um, that you know, as I was 2012, he got plugged in. He wasn't ready. He you know blew a few assignments, and um, so in between the years, uh, there's kind of been an issue. But yeah, that was a few years ago. So I mean, you're yeah. talking about a freshman back that was then. Early on, he was yeah. young. Yeah, I mean, going back to kind of how we transitioned from last year. Um, yeah, we we do lose upperclassmen and guys with experience, and that's that's the main thing. But as a whole, it's hard for me to tell. Like, was that is there difference between experience and actually like a ton of talent? Because you can, you know, just because you're experienced doesn't mean you're talented. So it it was kind of hard for me to tell last year. I couldn't tell if it was the offensive line play in some, in some situations was affected by Cole Stout's play or his play was affected by his injury or the offensive line's play. Not having a, you know a really talented quarterback back there for most of the season, I think affects my judgment on that. But, I mean, we can't say this. Yes, we lose experience. If you look at the guys we have come back this year, I mean, the starters I'm comfortable with. I'm comfortable with Gore, Crowder, Norton, and McLean. They all have experience. They've all played. Um, Mitch Hyatt, I never like to see freshmen start on the offensive line. This is the one guy that I think he's going to catch on really quick. He's got the body and the ability that I think I think he's going to be fine. There may be some some moments early in the season, but I think as things go on, uh, it, you know, he's going to be a, a great offensive lineman for us. Ben, I, I think you hit on it because experience doesn't always equate to talent or performance. We've had experienced line, uh, yeah, offensive line uh, cores in the past. Like last year, we had we had experience. Our secondary from 2012 was all upperclassmen, and they just kept getting beat. You know, yeah, or 2011. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily equate to uh, the talent. And going back to to Mitch Hyatt in in high school, he was playing up against some of the nation's top defensive ends. The guy's got experience. He's got the technique of any senior um, college player you're ever going to find. He's got the build too, right? I mean, he's not. I th- yeah, he's he's got the build. He's um, I think that's probably his, where he needs to improve. He needs to get his weight and strength up. And yeah. It's it's the the technique having that footwork. He I think he played basketball. He just he's very um, he's got it. You know that lateral quickness most freshmen aren't, aren't going to have. Uh, so yeah, I mean again to reiterate, uh, it, it's not the starters. Maybe a little bit Mitch Hyatt until he gets his you know gets his legs under him, gets his feet wet, just gets used to the college game. But it's really the depth that we're talking about here that we're missing out on because you take a guy like Isaiah Battle out and you replace him with somebody that would be a, a good option at backup and all of a sudden that person's thrown into being a starter and it just makes you thin across the board and, and we have a lot of young guys with a lot of talented guys but they're not proven yet and again we talk about freshmen I'm not comfortable with freshmen playing on the offensive line except for maybe a random outlier like Mitch Hyatt um, what has been very positive and we don't talk about this a lot but I think having Jay Guillermo come back is is huge and he's a redshirt junior so he's got some time left he has experience and from what we're hearing about uh from the first week of practice is actually looking really good so i think that's a huge shot in the arm to our depth um along the offensive line because what he can play center and he play tackle or you can no you can play center and guard center and guard yeah okay so i think that's big but then you start looking down the line like who's behind that maverick morris has been in the program for 
This is his third year. Third now. year, couple yeah. couple seasons. Uh, now he's a redshirt sophomore. I don't know. I don't recall how much playing time he got last year. Maybe just mop up duty. He got a little bit. Yeah, garbage time. A little bit of experience, and he's yeah. All um, indications are he looks good. He looks like he's ready to at least be a backup this year. Great, yeah, great it. football name too, right? Eric Morris. Love the alliteration. Ready yeah. to go. <laughs> um, and then, but really outside of that, you know, we got redshirt freshman Justin Fascinelli. And then a couple true freshmen in uh, Jake Formosian and Noah Green. So yep. n- not a lot to work with there. You always worry about injuries along the offensive line. It's just these guys are in there, guys with a lot of weight on them, on those legs, grinding it out, you know, playing Georgia Tech where guys are diving at your knees. Like, there's going to be injuries. And you need guys, and especially with an up-tempo offense, too. Like, they're, they're probably the least in-shape guys on the football team. Yeah. You know? So... You need guys to come in and and be able to spell them uh, for certain periods of time. Um, you know, Taylor Hearn, redshirt freshman. He's he's looked good. I mean, the initial reports on him were that he might have been a bust and just a bad take. Yeah, but he's looked good. He's like he, he might be a guy that he falls into the the two deep or um, at least gets a little bit of, of uh, playing time as a backup. I think where we're incredibly thin, it's not necessarily in the middle with the guards in the in the, in the center position. It's the tackle position. We have nothing there. Yeah. It's it's Jake Fremorgen, who is also a true freshman, very talented, uh, and and a guy that you're you're really optimistic about when he can one day play alongside Mitch Hyatt um, as the, our two, as our tackle combination. But he'll be anchoring the tackle position for both Joe Gore at right tackle and. Mitch Hyatt at left tackle in, in the in the case that there's an injury. And then beyond that, I don't really know who the next guy up is. <laughs> Eric McLean. Well, uh, listen, listen on the on the roster of 2015, we got guys like William Cockerill and uh, Daniel Stone. Yeah, household names, right? Yeah, I've never heard of those guys. <laughs> so um, but Noah Green is the, the other guy that would be he's a true freshman I, and he, another talented guy. By some services, he was rated a four-star. But not a guy that you want to burn that that red shirt for, and he it looks like he probably will be there as a two third op, or second or third option at tackle. I mean, essentially, we're going to need Mitch Hyatt to come in as good as advertised, and then at least one guy to grow up quick. Yeah, and and also to be fortunate with the injuries. Very fortunate. So I yeah, I mean, it's center if Ryan Norton goes down. I think you plug in a guy like Guillermo. Um, I can't remember who else who they have. Justin, yeah, that's a, that, was no, it that's Fascinelli good. that was there. Fascinelli is a redshirt freshman and has drawn rave reviews from the coaching staff and his teammates. Is a guy that has a very bright future. So I'm glad that some of these guys that in, in previous recruiting classes weren't. You know, we haven't been getting four or five star offensive linemen. Those guys don't grow on trees. We've been getting these three star guys who it's really hard to project so now you're at the time you're in that second or third year it's like you kind of you know what you got at this point where are they a bust are they going to provide some value to our program and guys like justin fascinelli has has kind of passed that threshold we know he's going to be a valuable player um taylor hearn might be a serviceable guy we know maverick morris looks the part so it's good that these guys are being pushed up they're the next in line they're probably not necessarily going to be starters but they're they're the guys that are going to be backing up the mitch hyatt's the Jake from Origins, the Tyrone Crowders, and that's that's very it's a very positive sign. You know, I read where um, Robbie Caldwell, the offensive line coach, really likes to have his his most most athletic guy at the center position, and then I hear that you know Jay Guillermo is backing up Ryan Norton. Uh, Guillermo doesn't 
seemed to me to be the most athletic guy on the offensive line. So, again, yeah, he can fill in, and I think he's a guy with experience, and he's going to have an impact this year, and it's good to have him. But I don't really want to see Ryan Norton go down. No. Because, I, I mean, you can have a great quarterback, but if you can't get the ball to him, you know, that could be an issue. 6'3", 3'10". No, those are his official stats. Ryan Norton's 3'10"? Uh, that's Guillermo. That's Guillermo. Yeah. Guillermo weighed in at two twenty five. He's a bit overweight from his from three, his hiatus. Three three twenty five. He weighed yeah. You said two twenty five. I'm sorry, three twenty five. Yes. Um, but I, I've heard that he's come down uh, with the start of camp. Um, no, Ryan Norton's a six three two eighty five guy. He's, so that's that's more center like. He's going to get you the ball. He's going to get the quarterback the ball, but he's also going to get no push for running right. backs and the running game. Talking about Ryan Norton. Jay Guillermo has a little bit more of an upside. Yeah. Um, let's talk about how the, the offensive line, kind of a, a way that we can, I don't want to say mitigate, but really that's what it is, is mitigate some of the weaknesses or offset some of the weaknesses. And like you were talking about Cole Stout versus Deshaun Watson, we're not going to talk about quarterbacks, but we'll say if Deshaun Watson is in there and he's healthy and he's able to spread the field, open up the passing game, it's going to keep those safety blitzes um, it's going to keep the linebackers off the line it's going to take a lot of pressure off the offensive line so it's kind of that is it symbiotic relationship where hey you protect the quarterback and he'll protect you so we touched on this a bit last time but where do the tight ends play into this you know we they're kind of like for us we like to see them as kind of the hybrid position where they're part receiver and they, they, they do help out in the blocking schemes um you know, i'm looking at the roster right now i see a guy like roger uh, Byers, he's a senior tight end. He's six three two ninety. Why? <laughs> why is he not on the offensive line? Why is he a tight end? He's he's actually bounced around. I don't know why he's listed a tight end. He's he's I mean, came, he's been a defensive end up until this point in his career, and he's just kind of he's listed mid- as a tackle there for uh, depth. Clemson's roster page. Okay, but so he's a guy that's just trying to plug a hole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a big body, but uh, again, stuff like that doesn't lead to talent. So. But, well, I guess moving on from that, I mean, if, if we want to talk a little bit about the Titans now, maybe more so of how they fit into the blocking scheme than the, the, the offensive production uh, from that skill set point of view. Um, you know, we hear a lot of good things, and it's hard to tell about J.J. McCullough that he's doing really well, but we know he's proven to have off-field issues. So how confident can we be that he's going to have a positive impact and be somebody we can depend on and kind of both both aspects of the tight end position. Yeah, I, between him and Leggett, it's been a bit disappointing. And not necessarily because they're bad players, but because they came in with four-star hype and they haven't lived up to that up to this point. I mean, and if you, if you have a really dominant tight end, we've seen across football what that can really do to your team. I mean, look at Rob Gronkowski uh, for the New England Patriots. I mean, he's the best receiver on that team and he's one of the biggest impact player on the offense. He's also an exceptional blocker and I think the fact he gives you both of those you know components. Yeah exactly he's tenacious and I mean the guy has a mindset to go out there and he's going to be the best and do we have a guy on this team that has that maybe in in an underclassman you know uh, guys coming in but I I have yet to see it out of Leggett or McCullough talent you know despite the talent they have i think this is where sorry sorry cody i think this is actually where the coaching staff needs to look at this position and say it's not about what you're owed based on your tenure or you know what your hype was coming in or anything else even your experience here it's about what do we need out of this position group and i know leggett and Sand seconder they're going to get their looks probably more from the playmaker standpoint from the receiving end 
on the tight end standpoint. Well, and they've even talked about Seconders straight up moving to wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just got, you look at him, he has more of that build. Right. So I'm thinking more just in general, they need to find that sixth offensive lineman. Yeah, guys can block. Yeah. And is it Cannon Smith? I mean, he, again, you know, take the roster heights and weights measurements with a grain of salt here, but he projects as kind of the biggest tight end that we've got on the roster. Can he come in as a redshirt freshman and, you know, really fit on either support Mitch Hyatt on the weak side or, um, you know, Joe Gore? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we would value a guy that can block a lot more than a guy that can catch the ball this year because we, we got guys that can catch the ball, you know, guys out of the backfield, or yep. not, you know, obviously our wide receivers. So, I mean, it's good to have that threat. I mean, I think it's uh, if you if you have that luxury, it's a key component in an offensive scheme, especially in the type that we run. Uh, but, I mean, this year specifically, just with the issues we have on the offensive line, we need a guy that can block. And I don't know who that is right now. I'm, I'm hoping Leggett gets his act together and really takes this seriously. I think he's a junior now. Um, he's kind of had some growing pains. And, you know, again, these are kids. This is know, the they're first all going to come to different levels of maturity. And this it, is the first year that they haven't that they're actually being pushed by guys that are just as talented as them. And that's what Leggett hasn't had. Some people respond, you know, really well to that kind of push. Some guys don't talking about JJ McCall and and, and Jordan Leggett here. And they're being pushed by, like you were saying, totally Cannon Smith, who probably isn't, he's not going to be your prototypical Dwayne Allen receiving threat, but he is a a, a heck of a good blocker. And if you can provide that, that's, 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 that's immense value to this offense, along with Milan Richard, who is just about to say probably yeah. just as talented as any of them, and and maybe even more so. Who Herschel Walker's nephew again? He can block and he can catch. So if if these guys aren't on their game, the the thing that we can be optimistic about as Clemson fans is hey, you know they're not the only guys we can throw out there. We have better options now, and I'd rather get the redshirt freshmen some experience and, and plan for the future than you know, uh, what could potentially be a lost cause by guys that just haven't got it together and they're upperclassmen now. Well, and, and these upperclassmen, they have two games to figure it out. Yeah. The first two of the season, and, and I would like to see some plays specifically drawn up to kind of test them Yeah, uh, to, to see if that work ethic and everything is there because if you're going to get those young guys in, you know those first two t- games are the time to do it to get them prepped going forward with Louisville and then Notre Dame. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So yeah, who do you want to who do you want to get prepped? The upperclassmen that haven't proven it, or maybe get Milan Richard and Cannon Smith in there to see what they're they're made of. Get them some real real game time experience. I mean, either way, they're going to play. I mean, just we, we expect those in those games that these guys are going to get into the ball game. You know, third yeah. fourth quarter. It but. I want them with the starting unit. Yeah, exactly. I want to see them with the starting unit. I want to have that experience and that that you know connection and see what they can do. Guys, just to wrap up, sort of the overall um, offensive line, including tight ends, and sort of the the protection and kind of blocking scheme impact that they'll be having on Clemson's offense this year. Let's bottom line it. Do we see this really as big of a weak link as maybe has been written? Um, what's your projection for this group? I hate to be doom and gloom, but when we talk about floor and we talk about ceiling, there is a a, a ceiling, assuming there's good health, of an, an average to maybe above average group, and that's that's assuming that we, for one, Mitch Hyatt can stay healthy and and he's able to develop, um, and that we're able to get a, a decent push from the from in the run game. I don't know if that's possible at this point. And then the floor. The floor is more um, if injuries happen, and we're and we're throwing Eric McLean 
and uh, tackle in a tackle position. You, you don't want a guy that's not a tackle at you know protecting Sean Watson. Chem- chemistry is huge. Chemistry is a big deal. Good point. And then Noah Green, another freshman, if we're throwing him in there and he's not ready, then, I mean, this could be a disaster. We could be facing every game where it's like Deshaun Watson is running running for his life. So a huge, uh, huge range between that, that ceiling yeah. and that floor. My, my bet is we're going to be average. Well, and I'll, honestly, I'll take that. If we're above average, then I see, and everything else comes together, I, I see great things for this season. I'm really expecting next season to be better. But if they're above average this year, then I think that a lot of good things can happen. If we're average, I will be happy. I think the way we're below average is when the injuries start to come into play. And unfortunately, I mean, myself, I believe there there are going to be injuries just because you see it happen all the time. But if that doesn't happen, if there's maybe a surprise or two, average or above average, I I think is achievable. And if that's the case, it's going to be a good season. And maybe a last point even with an average offensive line with our offense we can we can, we can mitigate succeed. that exactly yeah. with our uh, with the type of offense we run we can su- still succeed at high levels it's not like alabama where you have to have that in that pro style offense where you have to have a dominant offensive line we can still be mediocre and and get to the final four right